Welcome to the People Doing Good Podcast. I'm Jerry Robinson. <laughs> Always right before we start recording, something happens and Jerry's giggling when we start. It's just, you know, uh, the more you can laugh, I feel the more, you know, <laughs> the easier the day is or whatever. Yes. So here we are again. We're back. We're just going to keep coming at you um, with more great podcast information, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> information and stories. I, you know, the, the, it was a wrong word. That's no, no, because it, what we're doing, we're providing information for our listeners. You know, they can find out about uh, a lot of different information about the different programs that are on and, and that are on our show. <laughs> you just cleaned that up a little bit for me. Thank you. That's what um, teammates do. Well, if, yeah. If you've noticed, we we don't have a script here. No, no, we, people. I think you know what I think. People, they just want the real deal, and we are the real deal. Dude, if you could see us right now, listeners, we are so the real deal because we're both wearing our sunglasses indoors because we're that cool. Well, you know, my reason is for the glare is coming in off of the, the uh, out of the window, but uh, but you know what? We're just you know we're not ever trying to be cool. It's just we're just doing something oh, different. You don't have to try to be cool. Kind of comes natural for <laughs> for some of us. Yeah. Like you. you, not for me. I didn't mean us. I meant you. Is what I meant. No, Jerry, yeah. you're the king of cool. Oh, you know what? Nah, I just I, I'm trying to be king of happiness and 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 goodness. Honestly, because it's amazing. There's a lot of stuff that goes on during a course of a day oh, in, in yeah. life. It's true. And a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And I'm still trying to find. During those days or things, situations like that, something good to do for somebody else. No, that's the thing. Other than me. And that's, you know, the whole premise behind this podcast is to be a positive place for people to go listen to something good in a time when there is a lot of shit going on. That's okay, though. You know, but but you're right, though. It, It is about, you know, looking for something good. But it's about doing something good. You doing know? good. What mm-hmm. we do is we bring people that are doing good, and 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 during our course of the day, we still are doing good. We're doing for, good. for other people. We are. If that makes it. Does that sure. make any sense? It makes a lot. Okay, cool. Sense. I didn't want to confuse anybody, but no, it's <laughs> I, you know, I would invite everybody to to think about doing something good for somebody every day. Yeah. Open the door. Yeah. Just. Give them a nice compliment. Yeah, say hello. Put a smile, you know, on their mm-hmm. face. And you know what? I tell you what. I tell you what puts a real big smile on my face is little babies. I just yeah. love little cute little oh, babies. Me too. And they look at you, and they're not judging you. They don't see a color. They don't no. see anything. They see, they see what they see, and their reactions are real. And I see little babies. I'm always. Really extra friendly to little babies because yeah. I just want to see them smile and see if I can make, them, make smile. them smile. Yeah, I do the same thing. And I said, you know what? I'm yeah. a, okay, I'm all right for the day. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Something about that moment and the, just a totally genuine baby yeah. smile. It's yeah. innocent, you know. It's that you know. It's what I like about those young kids, young babies, especially. You know, they haven't been influenced by society or by someone else's beliefs, and you know, there's no hatred in there. There's no judgment. Uh, there's a lot of this just pure 
and I like the purity of it because at some point in their life, they're going to have to make a choice which way they're going to go, what they believe in, mm -hmm. a lot of different things. And right now, they're just innocent the way God made us all. Yeah, they're present, and that's the thing. Yeah. They're not worrying. No. They're not regretting. It's like, you know, you're not in the future. You're not in the past. You're totally yeah. present when you're a little baby. Yeah. And then that's the goal as we grow up and become adults and and we have all of these things, like you said, and throughout a day, you don't know what's going to be thrown your way. Mm -mm. But thank God we're present right now. So in the present moment, how are you doing? Present with our shades. I'm doing good. Today's Monday. And uh, just the work week starting up again. And things are kind of back into normal status since the, all the craziness of the fire. It took a couple weeks, to be honest, for things to kind of settle back in and really know what day of the week it was. And um, everything's, we're here at Coach's Corner Fitness Center. The wonderful gym in Sebastopol where I work and they're kind enough to let Jerry and I record here in my little office and I don't really have any super exciting news do you have any what's up with you we were talking about TV earlier like asked Jerry what he likes to watch on TV he has an 80 inch TV <laughs> yeah it's bigger than the room almost <laughs> uh, you know what Mondays I enjoy Monday because it's Monday night football okay I just you watch that well I, I, I'm, I'm hooked on it because as a young kid um, when they were started off watching Monday night football you know one day I was I was dreaming that you know what maybe someday I can be on there and and play on Monday night football and through the 13 years in the National Football League that I played I played on Monday night a lot. And for all of the players in the National Football League, Monday night is it because you know everybody else is watching you, all the other teams and all yeah. the players and your friends and family. So it's exciting. Monday night during football season is always exciting for me. Um, Do you usually watch at home? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you know why? I mean, well, I normally watch at home, but, you know, there was a time when I would go over to – to, you know, people would have these Monday night football parties and this and that. And, you know, that was fun. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, the, 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 it got really loud. And, you know, a couple of times people were angry at each other. And, I, you know, I want to watch the game, you know. Yeah. I want to enjoy, enjoy I want to enjoy the game. Uh, because if I don't like what I'm watching, I'll just change the channel to something else. You can also pause like, and rewind. And yeah, all of that. And then I can also on. explain to Ellen, too, because my girlfriend Ellen – you know, it's still a learning process. I mean, if I'm if sure you're not into the sport, so the, oh, she knows football, but there's some things that happen where I get a chance to pause and go oh, up there okay. and break it down the diagram. This is why they made that call, or this is why that play was successful, or this is why oh, cool. this quarterback's being replaced by the next one, <laughs> or whatever it's it is. Educational, yeah, it is, and, and it's a lot of fun. So you know, Monday nights are great. Uh, Sunday nights are great too. Sunday afternoons because you know. Um, I got my Raiders and my Philadelphia Eagles mm -hmm. that I get to watch. And, you know, I'm digging the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I have no hatred towards anybody. I'm like this. Success is, is success. And I'm happy for the 49er fans. I'm happy for the 49er ballplayers. I mean, because they were the second worst team in the National Football League a year ago. And now... Look at them now. They're 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 nine and one, just like the uh, Super Bowl champs, uh, New England Patriots are. So football is exciting. I went to the Raider game uh, against Cincinnati. So what I do, I got to let everybody know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I know you don't know. But what you do what, know? What? Okay, on Sunday's game day, uh, home games. You know, Raider alumni. We uh, I'm one of the guys that show up on Sundays and. 
we get together and we go around and make sweet visitations. And we, th we thank those loyal fans that have been there for years and years through the good and through the bad. And we take pictures and sign autographs and that kind of stuff. So get to go to the game and watch the game like that. And I get to see a lot of people. And you know what's interesting? There's only two games left mm. in that Oakland Coliseum. And, you know, yesterday, Sunday at the game, there were a lot of people that were tailgating. They were already sure. thinking about, you know, the last game. Yeah. You know, um, there's two games left. I can't go to the next game uh, on the 7th or the 8th because I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina, picking up my <laughs> Legends Bronco Nagurski Award, which is, nice. means a lot to me. But so anyway, I can't be there. But people are talking about the end, you know, and it's, it's kind of sad because there's a lot of history there. And just like Warrior fans, they're used to going over there watching the Warriors play. Are they calling them gold? What are they calling them? San Francisco Warriors? Or is it still Golden State? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I think they're calling them like a, the Mash Unit now. Everybody's, everybody, yeah. Like, you remember the show Mash? Oh, oh you're just that. a young girl. I remember you know? the music. Okay, the, the music. There yeah. you go. Well, you know, it's like being in a. In, in the hospital, in the recovery room, you know they got a lot of injuries on that on the, on the Warriors basketball team. Oh, so I right know. now, that's, yeah, that's what rough. I was referring to. Well, yeah. speaking of injuries, I'm going to yeah. change the subject. That's okay. Change it up. Back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back to me. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What was it? Too much Mariah, not enough Jerry. Remember that <laughs> comment from the lovely Ernesto? Yes, I do Thank remember you, that. Ernesto. Yeah, thanks, Ernesto. My man. This is the Gravenstein Apple Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? I remember he that. Says, uh, you know, I give you a little feedback. But speaking it's of Ernesto, we, we, I, I know, but before you get into that, <laughs> Ernesto, he, he's a planner guy. He's a planner guy. <laughs> well, and, yeah. is he really a planner guy or is it just planners giving him the checks? Uh, or both? You'd have to ask him Okay, that. all right, I'd have to ask um, him that. Okay. He went to Annalee, so he's I got know. a lot of loyalty to Annalee. We're talking for our, our, for our listeners in, you know, Norway, Sweden, Finland, wherever you are listening. You don't know Sonoma <laughs> County. I'm laughing. It's fun. it's funny, but there, we do have listeners in other countries, you know. Yes, I do. But so they might no. say, Annalie, what's what is You're this? Right. Good point, Mariah. And so I'm just kind of bringing it. So right what here. is Annalie? <laughs> Where is Annalie's it? the high school right down the street from us here in Sebastopol, California. Okay. Annalie Tigers and uh, Ernesto okay. was an Annalie Tiger. He's now a teacher at Piner High School, and Piner had this resurgence of football. Well, I don't know if it'd be a resurgence. They had got a great football team this year. And that hasn't happened in my lifetime. No, it's been decades <laughs> since that has happened because um, I remember playing against Piner High School and while I was at Cardinal Newman High School. For those that are listening abroad, that is in <laughs> Sonoma County in Santa Rosa, California. For those of you in Zimbabwe. Yeah, in Zimbabwe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Piner. I mean, they were 9-1. Yeah. They, they went to a playoff game uh, this past weekend and they won. Uh, I believe they beat Tamapias or something like that, yeah, Mount Tam. Tam and Cardinal Newman, the high school I went to, um, they had their playoff game too because it's playoff time in high school. And Cardinal Newman won. It was like 49 or 3. But the word is, and what it was and what it is, is what I'm trying to say, if Piner won and Cardinal Newman won, they'd play each other the following week, which is this upcoming week, this Friday. So it would be... My Cardinal and the Cardinals, I'm going to say against y'all's. Uh, My, I don't have any ownership to Piner. Okay, all right. You going to do Ernesto like that? Ernesto, no. <laughs> I know, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing, y'all. So the game should be interesting and fun to watch. I'd like to go, Jerry. Maybe I can have the honor of standing by you for a minute at that game. 
you want to be on the winner side. I understand that because oh. you are a winner. I'm not I'm talking smack. No, I, I just, guess I am. I'm little remaining bit. neutral here because I'm a Hillsborough Greyhound. I know. I have a loyalty to Annalee, though, too. Because, That's true. You know, Annalee's right here. And Chip Castleberry is Annalee's, like, mascot. I understand that. And you know what? And I just, you know what, people, we're having fun here because, you know, I did go to Newman, but, you know, Mariah, she's a legend, seriously, and all jokes aside. No, in Hillsburg, at Hillsburg High School, she's in the the Hall of Fame uh, in Hillsburg, and she's accomplished a lot of things that most people have never accomplished athletically, you know, well, for, for that Hall of Fame, for the Athletic Hall of Fame. Thank you, Jerry. Coming from you, I mean, that's a big compliment because you're an actual legend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, so actually, okay, let's move on. We should just stop talking about ourselves for I, a minute you know what, and get yeah. to our guests. Well, people need to know about us. So <laughs> here, do. I mean, there's a big, there's, you know, we can call it, if you want to call it a, a rivalry, it's not a rivalry, but, you know, there's two schools here that have a chance. They're going to play against each other. I think it's going to be very exciting. That's all. Exciting. We just wanted to let people yeah, know, let them know. Let them know that what's going on this week. That's so, well. right, you want me to give you your, t- your, your tissue now so you can, oh, you're not, give it to her. Ernesto, so he can dry his oh, eyes off because he's going to be crying. He's okay. But I love Ernesto. Jerry's starting a, a battle right now. Okay. Um, okay, so today on our episode, <laughs> we shifting gears, Jerry. Okay. We're going to get real serious right now. All Just right. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't have to be serious. We, you know, we interviewed uh, the, the Green Acre Homes for Boys is an organization here in Sonoma County in Sebastopol. They have a house right down the street from where we are right now. We interviewed Tim Dimmick, Robin Hauserman, and Marcel Watkins. Um, they hold three different positions within the organization. And what Green Acre Homes does is they provide a safe and supportive place for boys to live um, who have had a have difficult um, early life and don't have perhaps a family that is able to... Um, have custody of them and so green acre it becomes a family mm-hmm. they provide so many services for these boys um not just psychological but they they come to the gym and actually for about a year once a week a group of these boys come and do a workout with me and we've really developed a strong bond these boys are great but you know they didn't have they were dealt a difficult card mm-hmm. early in life and you know a lot of times when we're out there and interacting with people in the world we don't know what they started with or what they came from and maybe if they behave in a certain way we make a judgment or look what's wrong with you we don't know the history and so i think for me it's a real lesson to always remember you don't know someone's backstory so just be patient with people and be don't judge um Anyway, the Green Acres homes are wonderful. They also have a school for the boys, and it's been around for about 30 years, uh, started by a, a family here in Sebastopol. And I'll let the Green Acre homes people tell you and explain a little bit more in this interview. So we hope you enjoy the interview with the Green Acre homes, and uh, we will check back in with you after. Just basically wanting to learn more about what you do here at Green Acres and how it all began. Is there one of you that would like to take the take the lead? Sure, I'd love to start. So Green Acre Homes and School started uh, quite a while ago, forty-four years ago, uh, in Sebastopol, and uh, we've evolved over the years. Uh, but basically, we 
take care of boys um, and young men, uh, six to 20 year olds. And most of the guys come to us from a pretty traumatic background. And uh, we are the place where they live, right? So for some of them, it's a very short time. Um, and for some of our guys, it's several years. And we are their community. Uh, for some of the guys, we really do become their family. And there are guys that have left us 20 years ago that are still in touch and join us for our events, etc. Our mission is, is to develop healthy relationships in boys. And that's what we're about. And we're a little bit of a secret here in Sebastopol still after all these years. And um, we are reaching out to um, outside communities more and more over the last several years um, and hope to become um, less of a secret. Um, there, You said there are four homes here and 80-plus mm-hmm. staff overall. Mm-hmm. How many boys do you have right now currently in the program? Well, our capacity residentially for the guys that live with us Right, and then we have 24-hour awake staff uh, to take care of them. Um, we have 27 beds, and presently I think we have 22, <laughs> 22 boys. Yeah. Uh, and we're fortunate to have dedicated staff. Um, and right now, it, with the housing situation the way it is in Sonoma County, and with unemployment being basically at zero, it's a challenging time too. So if there are staff out there... (laughs) I know we're looking for a job, a meaningful job. Please call us at Green Acre Homes in the best way. (laughs) No joke, though. You never know who could be listening and wants to make an impact in someone's life. Um, Let me ask, um, moving to Marshall, Mm -hmm. your position here, can you tell me a little bit about what you do here, how long you've been working for Green Acre? Wow. So um, <laughs> most of my life, I've been working. So I've been here for 21 years. Wow. And right now, I hold the position of client services slash uh, staff trainer, um, as well as I manage the office. And uh, when I first started, I started in '96. Uh, that was when I was a lot younger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was a child. She, does, she looks young now. So I was a lot younger. And. Um, <laughs> And I started as a line staff. I had already done some work down in San Diego, and I started off as a line staff um, at the Joyce House. And uh, from there, I went to a weekend supervisor, and from, and from there, I went to facility manager. Um, and then I worked at the school for 10 years, um, and then went back to the homes, and then came back in as a uh, facility uh, administrator. And then I moved into the office. So the office position, having had all those positions, um, really allows me uh, the ability to support um, everybody in a way because I've been right. I've been there. You've been in different positions. I, I've been in different positions, and so when a staff walks into the office and they're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I know how to respond uh, from a place of compassion and understanding. Like, oh wow, okay, I I, I kind of know what what's going on there, um, and uh, you know, I I've uh, I remain present with Green Acre Homes. Um, um, there's a lot of reasons why I remain present. Uh, I was going to ask you. There's there's an essence. Um, the, there's a feeling here mm-hmm. um, that 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 I that I tap into that that that. And I was just talking with uh, my supervisor about this the other day. You know that there's an there's a 
there's a level of, of, of love that overshadows, right? Yeah. The, 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 the hard stuff that happens. There's, there's also a core group of people, you know, that, that carries that, that essence of, of care mm-hmm. and, and um, um, integrity and, and love for the work. Um, that it's, you know, it's about uh, changing lives. And, uh, and so I, I, I keep showing up. You know, it just reminds me, it's a team. It's mm-hmm. like, um, mm-hmm. it's back to that thing, when you have a great team, you know, you're very successful, and um, I'm, I'm listening to you all, and I'm looking at these beautiful people over here, and, you know, your hearts mm-hmm. are different than most people's hearts are. There's probably, there's other people out there doing it, but you got to have a special heart to, to, to be here, because... I assume it's not easy. There's different situations you got to deal with, and you got to be calm about it mm-hmm. because you know your reaction could, you know, they're looking at you to see how you're going to react to whatever situation is going on. I just, you guys are really, really amazing. It really is. Hey, super impressive and touching. And Robin, I want to bring you in on the conversation mm-hmm. too. Robin's here, and she's the clinical director. How long have you been here? And can you tell me a little about your work? What do you do? Well, I'm a social worker. And, you know, as, as Tim and Marcel were talking, it just reminds me again, I think one of the, the things that has enabled people to stay so long is the fact that the company's owned by a family. And we work alongside them, and I think they bring something to, um, to the work here that you might not see in other places, especially those that are run by corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We're all kind of, in a way, like one big family, um, you know, from administration down to the kids and the staff at school and home. And um, so, you know, and as such, of course, we, as family, we sometimes have our stuff. Uh, but there's a commitment, and I think there's always a, a, a resolve to try to provide the best we can for these kids. And I've worked in some group homes in other places, and I have to say that this comes closest to raising children. I have a kid. Tim has a couple kids. Um, Marcel's been involved in, in helping raise kids. And I think we really try to provide a life here that comes close to what maybe you or anybody else might want to um, provide for their kids. And I think that makes a huge difference. It kind of normalizes their lives because they really have been through a lot. Um, so I, and I think as we're sitting here talking about this, when, when I think about what is really most frustrating or difficult about this work, it's not the people I work with. It's not the kids that I work with. It's what's out there. And in, in government's they want to make something good for kids, too. But I think sometimes the translation gets a little tough. So that's probably where my frustration most lies. But here at work, nah. It's, it's really a wonderful place to be. That's why people stay. And, you know, you mentioned the family that mm-hmm. um, started this organization. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about them and, and the story behind how it started. Because I heard something, it began as a girls' home, perhaps, something like that? Right. It, it started as an adult facility um, in 75, and it, the Geary's, uh, Ben and Nancy, started um, Greenacre Homes. So there were two adult facilities, and we, they started adding uh, group homes. Uh, group homes denote um, kids, right, those under 18. 
Um, and we didn't transition fully away from working with adults until around 2000 or 2002. Um, going back to um, people staying here for a long time, we do have a core. Uh, we have a facility manager, the lead supervisor in a home that started the same year I did in 1993. So we have 65 years between the three of us, and we're a learning organization. So we mm -hmm. want to change. We want to evolve. And that means we're working through some pretty hard times as well, because we don't always agree, uh, but we come out of it with stronger agreements because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and the family, so it, from Ben and Nancy, um, when they stepped down, um, their kids took over. Um, specifically Benji, Cindy, and Sue. And there was a transition period where we went from old school, top-down, um, to, uh, you know, a very sort of, um, a, well, a very modern uh, perspective of those of us who are in leadership being responsible for supporting everyone else. And we support them in doing that. So... Uh, Ben, Benji, and Cindy and Sue have been here longer than even than us. Um, they're all around the 30-year mark. Uh, and so they've spent their entire adult lives doing this. Wow. We've spent most of our adult lives doing it, but not <laughs> yeah. our entire adult lives. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you also about the day-to-day -day for the boys here. What's it like here? Um, I know I know a little bit because... For the past year, I've been doing mm -hmm. physical training with a group of the boys, and I've seen the way your staff interacts with them, and I get the family feel. It's very obvious mm -hmm. um, and great. Uh, so how does it work when the boys get up in the morning? What's a typical day like here at Greenacre? Well, uh, at our largest home at Eddie, uh, there's nine teenage boys living together. And it works much better than if you or I had nine boys of our own. Because <laughs> nine teenage boys are living together. together. Uh -huh. okay. So it is a home and it is it's a family. A and it's also yeah. treatment, though. So, you know, if the kids just want to be on uh, video games all day, we don't allow it. We right. say, well, that's not why you're here, right? You're here to have um, an enriched life as much as possible. Um, and we're here to help you grow. So... Um, we start off with having two staff from the school coming in at 7 in the morning and helping our awake overnight staff wake up the kids um, and trying to have all of these teenage boys wake up on the right side of the bed. <laughs> I have a 13 and a 12-year-old, yeah. both boys, so trust me, I can relate a little bit. Best side of the, the good side of the bed and uh, get themselves ready, have breakfast together, um, and be as kind as possible. And, <laughs> And, you know, make it through the morning, clean up and getting tra and transition to school. And not all the guys want to go to school every day, but they do. Mm. Um, and uh, the, wherever humor can be used, it really helps. Yeah. good. And, um, you know, how do we make it a very positive time? And for some of the guys, it's not positive. A lot of the guys come here with some pretty bad memories. A lot of the guys come here not attending school, right? They're mm. homeless. They're, there's other issues. Going on, there's a lot of chaos in their lives, and so we try to have a lot of structure, um, but not not regimented structure. But there's something going on, and there's a purpose, and there's a flow, and we want the kids to know what to expect throughout the day, and that helps them a lot. Having that schedule yeah. and predictability, yeah. 
Most go to our school. They transition to our school, and they're there by 8.15. We have kids that attend public school as well. Uh, it's rare for our guys to um, graduate with a high school diploma, uh, but we have someone who did just that last week. We're very proud of them. A lot of our guys end up with certificates of completion. Um, and then they get along all day at the school, or not. <laughs> <laughs> And make and, it through. <laughs> and then they may have some, you know, issues with other boys at the school. Our school is the largest non-public school in the area. There's over 60 students there, mm-hmm. and including a lot of day students. So we have mm-hmm. our guys and we have kids from the community, teenage boys from the community together. Uh, they transition back home. They have a little bit of grounding time, and then there's a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go through the whole day, the whole evening. Uh, Marcelle can tell you a little bit about that. She is. She told you she was the head staff at two homes. She was the responsible person for running the homes. And when you are that person, besides being dynamic, um, <laughs> the kids need you all the time. Um, so she was in that position. She could tell you a, really what a day in the life looks like. Yes, Marcelle, a day in the life. A day in the life of a Green Acres uh, president. So... <clears throat> Depending upon the home, right? Um, they're either going to come home and and ground for a little bit. Um, at the older home, we try not to um, to have them do that. We try to have them uh, uh, choose their own grounding, so they, they all don't have to go to their rooms. You know, they're, they're going to find either some music or go outside or something of that nature. Um, and from there, they're either going to start cooking. Um, if they have homework, they're going to start homework. Um, if they're going to do an exercise program, they're going to do exercise program. Um, if they have an appointment, then we're going to make sure that that happens. Um, if anybody needs to check in, you know, we're going to try and, and, and find out where everybody's at, where, uh, mood-wise, um, so that we can try to um, head off any problems. <laughs> stay ahead of right? the stay, game right, stay ahead of the problems. Um, and then there's uh, dinner. Um, and after dinner, then there's uh, showers and chores and, um, and then some chill time, uh, which they're always... Seeking <laughs> chill time, yeah. A little bit of chill time. What do you, where, where do you um, fit in with regards to how much screen time? You know, as a parent of two teenage boys, almost teenage boys, mm-hmm. I just wonder where do you draw the line? Is it different with each child, or is there one straight up rule and law of the land? It's individualized. It's, it's, it's individualized. It, okay. it really is. So for the for the I know for the guys in the older home because they're so busy. Um, when I was running it, the way that I ran it was I, I didn't put a limit on it because there wasn't enough time. So if you set it up so that there's a limit, then you kind of constantly have a battle. Right. right. But because yeah. they were so busy, um, I was like, okay, so now, you know, you got everything done. That is great. Yeah, now, you know, you, you get some screen time until, YouTube. you know, yeah, until your bedtime. Um, and, and I found that that um, uh, alleviated a lot of the battles around the screen time. Mm-hmm. Right? That's cool. Yeah. I know in our youngest home that the kids are so into going outside and playing that screen time really mm-hmm. is something that if they even get to it, it's just for a little bit of time before they go to bed. They and just these really... are as young as six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right now I think we have eight to 11 in that at house. that home. Yeah. No, no one is going to spend more than an hour a day playing video games. So we're, we're successful there. Mm-hmm. Some of our day students will be up till two or three in the morning playing uh, video games. There's not a or lot longer. for right. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh, structure and rules there. 
and it's difficult for them making it through the day because of that. So we want to build healthy relationships. We want to um, help them build healthy habits. And one of the things that we do is we stress learning recreation, right? Just like you're working out with the guys. There is every day the kids have to exercise. Yeah. And it's not Very a battle important. anymore. It's, it's mm-hmm. integrated into right. the program. And also, then how are they going to be with each other? A lot of kids come here very isolated from everyone else, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of kids come here without having any friends. Mm -hmm. And they come here and they have other friends in the Mm -hmm. home. So that's big. And the default is screen time. The default isn't being active. And we have to stay on top of that. Let me ask you guys a question. How does does a kid get here? How how do you arrive here? Um, so we have several um, agencies okay. that, um, that from whom we get referrals, okay. and yeah. one avenue is or one path is um, via school districts. Okay. So those are kids generally that really struggle to get to school, and um, and they just reach a point where the school district feels like they need some form of education, and they actually have them rather have them come and live with us and go to our school, then stay at home and not do anything. Um, the other uh, path is through adoption assistance. So a lot of, not a lot, but um, some foster kids have been able to be adopted. Um, they do come from trauma backgrounds, though. So typically at some point during their, their time with their adopted family, some of that stuff starts to emerge. And it can be overwhelming for the family. So they come here to, to get some support and help, both the family and the child. And then the, the last path is, is from Department of Social Services, mm-hmm. and those are the foster kids. Um, so the clinical side of it, mm-hmm. um, when a kid comes here, um, you guys evaluate them. Of course, you can tell who needs what. And is there a lot of, because I think, you know, mentally you need some, some, some love and some TLC because they probably haven't had it. Mm-hmm. And... You guys spend a lot of time doing that, I would, I would think, mm-hmm. right? We do. Um, again, what, I think what I was talking about earlier, we really try to normalize their lives, really try to, to offer them um, experiences that, that kids typically have growing up. So I think that's a big part of treatment here. Um, it's something that they didn't get attention. I mean, mm-hmm. that is something mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Maybe folks, their parents were depressed or or maybe using substances, self-medicating, or just absent. Um, so, you know, just giving them that one-on-one attention is, is healing. Um, and, of course, we do. We, we have therapists. We uh, do a lot of that. Um, but we try to be respectful of where the kids are at in terms of psychologically. So you don't want them to be digging into things when they don't have the coping skills necessary mm-hmm. to manage whatever right. comes up. So. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a thoughtful, um, kind of a considered way that we help them kind of work with their trauma. And it, it's honestly a kind of a lifelong work, really. Um, but we have seen kids um, have a chance to just be kids. Mm-hmm. And there's just something healing in that process, in addition to the therapy mm-hmm. and the, the counseling. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that do go on. But I think just getting to be kids is pretty... Just being kids. Yeah. yeah, and I think hearing you talk about this, I knew a little bit about what you do. Mm-hmm. Taking for granted having a mother and father that mm-hmm. took great care of me mm-hmm. and, and having that 
be my normal and it's not everyone's normal right you know and I think when people sometimes see these kids acting out in certain ways mm -hmm. there's judgment and they don't know right even a little bit so um, just impressed by what you guys do I have a couple more questions mm -hmm. um, how do you and we asked the people at social advocates for youth, youth this we did an interview at the dream center mm -hmm. recently and they deal with a lot of heavy situations mm -hmm. and um, children who've dealt with very heavy situations how do you deal in terms of not taking it home mm -hmm. or keeping that brave face on when you just want to you know burst into tears because of a situation that you experienced do you, do you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. can any of you speak to that mm -hmm. how do you personally deal with that well, I personally you know I just did a training today and that was one of the questions that I led with uh, with the staff um, and uh, uh, the question was how are you taking care of yourself in this line of work um, you know this is you, you can't come here and and take everything in on a daily basis right um, and leave and not do something outside of work right um, and so we we went around right and I asked everybody you know you I said you don't have to answer this question and I'm going to continue to reiterate this in order for you to show up and do this kind of work you have got to be taking care of yourself outside mm -hmm. of, of this um, and so people said they do yoga they work out they you know um, exercise um, and I added I said, sometimes you drive home and you scream. Sometimes, you know, some, you have to figure out, you know, and uh, sometimes you cry. Sometimes, you know, you yeah. do all the things that, that, that we're trying to teach the, you know, that we're trying to model, you know. I mean, I'm not going to be at work and like, ah! right? right? But um, uh, knowing how to take care of yourself and knowing how to, how to uh, decompress and release is, is so important. Um, and uh, one of the key things that we talked about today was not taking it personal. Right. It is yeah. not about you, right? Yeah. And then if you find something does enter your arena and it does become about you, how do you take care of that then, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the, the odds of, of one of the, the guys saying something and it reaching you, right? It, you, can't you, you can't deny it, right? You need to find somebody else to talk to, yeah, and, and work it out um, instead of acting like it. You know, don't try to be, you know, too tough. Yeah, too tough. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the thing that one of the things that sustains us and many of our staff is um, having each other. Right. We have that team, um, and sometimes you need to blow off steam. Sometimes there's some complaints. I think what you were asking is, kids come in with. Um, heartbreaking backgrounds. Bad things have happened to the guys, right? And they're just kids. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we find meaning in the work, right? That's why we can continue with it. And if we are um, dedicating ourselves to helping them, well, we're not going to help everyone. Not everyone is going to do well. Not everyone is going to be successful here. But we keep on... Um, we're really motivated to help kids, right, that have had some really bad breaks. And that gives us enough to deal with the, the difficulties. And sometimes we have kids in crisis, and they're really difficult, and not everyone can manage that. You know what's going to happen. You come here and work for nine hours on weekends. The staff work for 12 hours. And if there are kids that are just, their behaviors are awful. They're not awful kids, but their behaviors are tough to deal with. You can't 
continue to show up for that unless you find a lot of meaning in the work. Right. So, I mean, a lot of us are past our expiration dates, right? <laughs> I mean, we have 65 years between us. That's unusual um, to find. And, uh, but it resonates with us in the, in the specific work we do, uh, right? We all have a different piece of, of the organization. And it does with a lot of our staff as well. Some come into it as naturals, and some have a steep learning curve, and they hang in there. And other people come and go, right? We have people that are here and start college and end up going off and doing graduate work. We had five staff this summer that got into graduate programs and want to continue with this work. So we're, we're obviously very proud of them. I feel kind of, you know, avuncular. I feel like, a, <laughs> uh, like they're my kids too, the staff. Um, and then we, um, you know, the unfortunate part is we have to replace them. When we replace staff and Marshall trains them, the one thing that is a bigger deal is the kids go through that. They get close to people and people leave as well. Oh, yeah. So we want to try to have staff stay as long as possible. Um, the work is much better and deeper because of it. Um, the kids have more of a sense of trust in their environment. Um, and it's you know that's just one of the struggles that we deal with. We're trying to maintain this many staff. And again, it's a tougher environment to do that. Housing costs are crazy. Uh, and if people don't come in with just the right education and experience, they're not making a lot of money doing this work. You know, this is uh, social services work. And to live in this county and to do the work is becoming more and more of a challenge. Right. Well, anything on that note? you want to speak to that at all, or we can move forward? Oh, please, you can move forward. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here, I feel like... I'm starting to really relax. Not that I was really tense when I walked in anyway, but I'm just, you guys, I'm listening to you in your voices and the tones and the levels, just really relaxing. I mean, my hair's starting to relax a little bit more. It just, you know, you, isn't it? Can, it's like meditation. Your hair like, looks really relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Turning straight. Um, well, thank you very much. I, one more thing I want to touch on. Um, you're a nonprofit. How do you raise funds? How, where do your funds come from? And how could someone listening help if they're interested in, in getting involved by donating, volunteering, helping you out in any way? Most of our funds come from counties that are placing kids. Um, but we do have some fundraising now. Um, we did some fundraising. In fact, oh, yeah, um, that's right. we saw you at the 2030 Club. Yes. Um, and they were incredibly generous. And uh, we're about to start the... Uh, installation of a big playground for the kids Yay. with the funds. That from there. is cool. Yeah. The yeah. other things we fundraise for are um, uh, experiences for the guys. Mm -hmm. um, we try to do a snow trip every year with environmental mm -hmm. traveling companions, where they get out there and cross country ski, and they're um, they're on a digital diet. No. Uh, no media of any sort for a few days up in the mountains. We love that. We try to take them rafting, um, you know, in uh, sort of longer trips. Um, and then, of course, infrastructure we always um, could improve upon. You know, mm -hmm. the more playgrounds, the better. The more exercise equipment, the better. Yeah. And uh, they can just contact me, and I'll put them in touch with uh, someone that can work with them as far as donations or... Um, also, as far as um, volunteering, okay, we were very fortunate with Kendall Jackson reached out to us 
and uh, a crew of 12 or so came out and worked their tails off all day, pressure washing, changing things, doing landscaping, all the things that we don't quite get to, yeah. um, and they were remarkable. Mm-hmm. So those sort of things, too, if, if people are have that interest and want to give in that way, we would love it. Okay, so listeners, if you're out there and you're interested, uh, the website is... GreenAcreHomes.org. GreenAcreHomes.org. Check it out. And thanks again, Tim, Robin, and Michelle for sitting down with us and sharing with us your work. Thanks, and we'll add links (laughs) in our show notes to your website. And if anyone listening wants to help out in any way, they'll have access to your information and be able to contact you. Yeah, because, you know what... This can't be a secret. This is not a this, secret this, anymore. This, this is not a. This We're going to shout it out. We, we, it's going to be an explosion. <laughs> we need an explosion because, you know what? This is it's a, it's it's a little, important. Yes, it is. Not a lot of things more important, honestly. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Guys. Thank, Thank you, you guys. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview. You know, Jerry and I have discussed before that sometimes in our podcast we are the people doing good podcasts and we are positive we want to be a positive source of news and information for people uh, but we do have to touch on some difficult subject matter yes we do and and important subject matter important yeah important and um the boys at the green acres boys um like i said in the introduction to this interview they they had a rough start in life in, in one way or another, and that what this home provides is a safe place for them to to grow up and feel safe and loved and have you know some sense of normalcy. I don't like to use the word normal, but you know it's true. Foundation. And and also it, um, I just take my hat off to the to the people that that are there that are running it oh, you know yeah. they are they're just really strict and you can hear from what you've heard from the uh podcast they are really special people they're mm-hmm. making a difference in these kids lives because uh, you know people don't know this but you know they need to know now it's like that's probably one of one of those secrets that have been out there you know nobody really knew about them you yeah. know not a lot i mean hopefully more people get involved and get involved and help with the volunteering and whatever it is but you know i'm just very grateful that we have this in our county you know yeah. these people that truly care about making a difference in in children's life because they know where their background they know where these kids come from yeah. you know we didn't get into depth with no. it but you know you know you can go online and check out whatever you need to check out but uh, these kids right here are very fortunate to have people that care about them and uh, organizations such as the Green as Green Acres. Oh, yeah. I just, when you're saying that, I'm smiling because I'm thinking about those boys every Wednesday to count at one. <laughs> they get here like five or ten minutes early before our appointment. And, you know, I, I honor every minute of my day. And so I'll be back here and I'll hear them come in. And I'm like, yeah, they're ten minutes early. I want to go, you know, finish my sandwich or send this email. And I'm like, I want to go, and I go and I unlock the you know back room of the gym early for them because they're just so excited to come, you know. And I have a, a good hour with them, and they get to exercise. And um, you know, Green Acres is such a wonderful organization. Check out their website um, if you want more information. If you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, they are a nonprofit. Um, they'd be happy to receive a donation. And, and that being said. Shoes for Kids, remember our organization, 10% of all podcast sponsorships go to Shoes for Kids. 
and that's our nonprofit with the mission to provide a good pair of athletic shoes to every child who needs them. We hope you enjoyed this interview, and we're going to be back next week with another one. We're so excited. Tomorrow, we're actually interviewing um, the Boys and Girls Club of Sonoma and Marin. We're going to go to the Boys and Girls Club, and we get to meet some of the kids and the staff. So look look to that one next week. I think that'll be fun. Um, And do something nice for someone. Uh, You know what you can do nice for us? Subscribe, like, and share this podcast. The more people that know about it, the better. And if you want to sponsor and advertise on our podcast, hey, we would love to have um, your organization as a part of our team and spreading positive news because that's what we're all about. Yes, and thank you for listening to the People Doing Good podcast. The Feel Good The People Doing Good podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of Goto Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. 